we'd like to welcome you to the Institute's Leading Edge, a show dedicated to helping the automotive aftermarket service industry. A team is only as good as its communication, so let's talk about the best ways to improve your communication and get your team working better together. Here's what's coming up. When I haven't said anything, they've seen me as somebody that's not capable of bringing peace, bringing kind of balance to the force, so to speak. I'm not correcting the things that are going bad. It's a loss of confidence, and it has been a real intentional effort to try to bring that all back. But how do I fix a person uh, in my company? I mean, you know, um, that is such a, a struggle. I don't know how to do that. Um, that's difficult. <laughs> that's well, a loaded that, question. Well, something I always tell my son, because he, he gets upset. He's five. He gets upset when he makes mistakes. And I go, you don't, you don't need to be upset. Uh, the only thing you do need to do is make sure that you learn something from this mistake. Yeah, do it different it. next time, right? Don't that's, the, that's the key. For a better business, a better life, and a better industry. The Institute's Leading Edge. Welcome to The Leading Edge, episode number 24. Today we'll be talking about communications, and we're still waiting for one of our guests. Hopefully he will uh, make it. If not, we're going to have to make do with uh, uh, Kent Bullard, my son, and oftentimes uh, <clears throat> communication issue person. Oh, thanks. Uh, between him and I, <laughs> and uh, uh, Kevin Eckler. Uh, Kevin owns a shop in uh, Poughkeepsie, New York. Uh, works with his wife Lisa. Um, Kevin, welcome to the Leading Edge. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, uh, Kevin. We were we were actually before the the show. We were sitting here talking about uh, maybe we should just all give great examples of how bad our communication is. Um, uh, so today's, uh, today's episode is to talk about, uh, communication. The hope probably from my mind would be that at some point we talk about better ways to improve our communication, um, instead of just the fact that we struggle with it. Um, maybe I'll tell, maybe I'll tell a little story, um, to get us uh, started here, especially since Omar's not here yet. Um, long, long time ago, uh, I'd been married about eight or nine years and, and my wife came to me and, and basically uh, told me she was going to divorce me. She'd already filed the papers actually. And uh, interesting thing about that was, you know, we weren't, we weren't fighting. Um, I wasn't messing around. Uh, I wasn't hitting my wife. I wasn't yelling, screaming, any of that kind of stuff. But uh, there was a lot of miscommunication going on in, in our relationship. Uh, we, we, we both kind of assumed Based on the other person's behavior, what they were, uh, what they were feeling, or, uh, or, uh, or uh, what, what, what they meant, as opposed to really communicating and really finding out, and, uh, you know, I was kind of angry at my father, uh, uh, angry at my life circumstance, actually, probably having grown up the way I did, and, and some other things, you know, just like any other person, just having some struggles. Um, I did what my husband and, and a father, uh, and I think I think what he taught me was good stuff. Uh, came home, uh, worked hard, took care of the bills, uh, all those kind of things. But since I was angry, uh, every time I came home, since I was angry, uh, my wife kind of assumed that I was angry at her. And over time, uh, it, it wore her out. Um, uh, we went and, and had therapy, and of course, uh, you know, 37 years later, we're still married. Um, but it, it's amazing what bad communication can do uh, to relationships. Um, uh, Kevin, uh, uh, you know you you uh, you know we joke and and all that, but uh, you know you struggle to communicate uh, with your staff and and with those around you. Uh, I do. What? Why do you think that's that's true? Why do you think that's happening? Or um, you know what's the what's the result of that? Or you know, tell us a little bit about it, if you will. Okay. Certainly, uh, and I've been working really hard at getting better because I've really been paying attention to the damage that comes from it. There'll be something small that I see that bothers me. That it it could be that repair orders aren't written the way I'd like them to be written. That people aren't following a process. Uh, in the order that they'd like it followed or, or something's not happening quite in the way 
and in not wanting to interrupt stuff and not wanting to make people feel bad about the way that they're doing something, uh, I'd sit back and kind of let it happen and hope that it organically kind of corrected itself. And I'd make suggestions, but I wouldn't say, no, we need to stop and this is the way it has to be. And it would progress and progress to the point where really frustrated and because we don't take care of things when they're small or do you think that i think there's a couple of reasons so from for me from my observation <clears throat> people do strange things uh to protect themselves to oh, yeah. keep others at to keep others at arm's distance mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me i've been uh doing real well talking all morning and all of a sudden i get on uh on camera and on mic and and uh, my throat choke is choking up um so i think i think that the other thing I think that owners, a lot of the owners I know and managers, they don't want to make waves. They don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Uh -huh. And so they hold it in and they hold it in and they hold it in until it becomes too much. And then there's that eruption. So, you know, um, do you think that, do you think that it's, it's, it's those things? Is there something I'm missing? I think you're fairly accurate. I, I can tell you from my own personal situations through the years, what I found is that when I don't address things and I'm not a strong, I see it as not being a strong leader because my guys, whether I admit it or not, are looking for me for direction. So if I let them run a course on a job and I let them do their thing and I kind of look over from time to time, but I don't want to invade their space, violate their thing. I don't want to make, to make them feel bad about stuff. Eventually I've found that in the past, our culture has really gone bad because they don't see me as a leader. They don't see me as somebody who can correct stuff because it's kind of like when your kids know that they can get away with something, they'll perpetually get away with it and then get away with more and more. So the guys are like, well, they didn't call me out on this. I can kind of run in that manner. And then if this, I found that we've had problems between staff because they have different ideas and directions, problems in workmanship, problems in following procedures. And they, when I haven't said anything, they've seen me as somebody that's not capable of, of bringing peace, bringing kind of balance to the force, so to speak. Uh, I'm not correcting the things that are going bad, and it's a loss of confidence. And it has been a real intentional effort to try to bring that all back. Uh, I, think, I think there's another aspect to that, too. When, when you're not making the corrections and they obviously know that something's not right, mm -hmm. they... they um, they see you as uncaring, uh, I think. I could see that. And, and uh, I think I see that a lot out in, in the business world uh, with, um, you know, an owner uh, goes to a class, um, figures something out, says, I'm going to go home and do this, has a big conversation with his staff, uh, puts the, the piece in place, and then staff doesn't really do it. They fight against it, mm -hmm. and the owner kind of backs away and doesn't reinforce it doesn't make it happen yep and they see them as someone who's um uncaring uh i think uh and ineffectual um kent um you and i i think we do i think we do pretty well 95 percent of the time but it's the five percent of the time that's the frustrating uh from my 20 right yeah, 8020. Yeah. I think it's 955, so I think we worked on it. It's it's better than 8020. Um but but for me the frustration is, is when I when I'm saying something and I feel like I'm not being heard uh that's where my frustration level gets uh, higher and higher. I think I think that's where everybody's frustration level gets is whenever you don't feel like you're being understood by the other party and some people will either press further uh, never kind of getting to this bridge where, where they get, have this understanding between one another, or they completely pull back and will stop trying to communicate altogether. And those can cause a lot of, of clashes. And just to backtrack, I think when you guys were talking about eruption, um, I think people have this idea that conflict is bad because conflict has kind of this bad connotation to it, but conflict can be good as long as there's, there's a nice, uh, um, civil process and a resolution to it. And a lot of people will either avoid the conflict until it gets to a point of eruption, or again, they'll avoid the conflict until they're not going to deal with it anymore and they'll leave. Yeah. I think, I think if you talk about 
being a leader in your company, uh, and I think if you're a manager, or service advisor, or or you know someone who who has other people that look up to them uh, in the company, you have to be a leader. I think conflict is um, uh, inevitable mm-hmm. uh, because somebody has to stand up for the rules or stand up for the game or you know whatever it is, and uh, and say that's what we're doing. Right. I mean, this is what we're going to to be doing. Um, so, so I think that uh, uh, it's inevitable that we're going to have conflict, uh, uh, at least some. And that, I think the other part is, what's bad is not the conflict. Um, what's bad is if the is if the conflict is not um, talked about, is not worked on, uh, does not become a uh, an essential. Uh, a, a point to change things and, and fix things. Um, Kevin, how, how, how do you feel about that? I mean, you know, you, you say you're, you're you know, you, you jokingly say how bad of a communicator you are. It's kind of funny because I'm often telling people don't say things like that because it, then it, then it, it, it has a, a, a tendency to be true or come true. <clears throat> but, you know, you you have a tendency to wait until there's eruption. Um, how 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 hard is that on your company? You know, and on the people around you. It's it's really difficult uh, because I've noticed probably a month and a half ago we had something happen, and it should have been addressed when it was small and brought out in the open, and it wasn't, and it got to the point where I had had enough. We had a staff meeting. And I called some stuff out that was going on that I'd had an absolute enough of. And I could see three of the people on my staff were absolutely squirming and just wanted to get out of the room. Um, It didn't make everybody go, yay, team, let's fix it. Let's make it better. It was like, holy crap, I don't want to be here right now. I want to get out of this situation because it's incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, The only thing that I can say in situations like that, if, if you just leave it at, holy crap, this is uncomfortable, then it was... It was a total waste of time. You did nothing but damage. Uh, fortunately, afterwards, I kind of got my head straight, and I talked to the individuals, and we kind of talked and worked things out. So at least we made some resolutions and moved forward. Uh, you have but, to. Yeah. If you yeah. just leave it at eruption point and everybody's on a downspin, you've gone backwards. It didn't help anything. No, not at all. Yeah. We had an expensive mistake that we made with uh, – with something on a, on a work order and they're like, okay, this is really expensive and we can either just bury it and hope to recover and make more to make up for it. Or we can say, Hey, you know what? This is a really expensive lesson that we just bought and paid for. So better learn from it. Yeah. We better learn. So we don't make it again. It's a very, it, it's ridiculously expensive if you don't learn because then you're going to repeat it again. Um, mm-hmm. but we talked about how the process was, what our mistakes were, where we could have been better, where we could have improved, where we failed. So that we own and understand it, understand it. Yeah, good English. Mom's gonna be proud. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm learning from your dad, and I'm learning from all this stuff that I really need to talk about it. And instead of, it's so much easier to say something, and it might be uncomfortable to say something. And I'm not good at that. I'm not like the yo, we gotta talk about this. Uh, it's more. But but it is better I, to be open and and at least receptive to a, a conversation. Oh yeah, and well, that kind of leads. That kind of leads into another another point, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there, uh, Ken always preps some questions. Sometimes I give him some, and, and others uh, that come in for these. I'll just things. write them out, yeah. And and there's uh, you know, there's there's this this thought process of you can create communication uh, uh, within your company, times and 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 places to communicate. And I think the more you do that, the more you have regular communication and healthy communication, the easier it becomes. It's, it's something you can ingrain in your culture in different aspects. Yeah. Like, uh, I know our team meetings, there's a section specifically near the end for open discussion if anything needs to be discussed. And that's the point where if you need to talk, that's, that's your time to do so. But then also my door's always open with my employees. There's, there's communication through the software that we use on our computers. Like, as long as you have those channels and the things that you um, – you create that availability for your employees to communicate freely, right. then it can become part of your culture uh, rather than uh, this, this ambiguous, I don't, I don't know what I am allowed to say or what I should say. It's always just, oh, I can talk about something that I'm having trouble with. 
you know, Lisa, Lisa asked a question. She says, what systems and processes can we put in place to help, you know, improve our communication uh, within our business? Um, I think, first of all, uh, there's probably two aspects. There's the personal communication. Uh, how do I communicate? Um, and then there's a, 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 a business communication piece. You know, how does my business communicate? Um, I always talk about these these weekly meetings that we should be having, uh, you know, with the important uh, uh, players. In my company, we, we had a management meeting um, weekly uh, when I was running someone else's company. In this particular company, you know, we, we, we don't have a we don't have a set time for a management meeting, but we meet, I don't know, I don't know, probably two or three times a month uh, to sit down and discuss the topics, what's going on, issues, problems, even uh, people, uh, people replacement. It's funny, you know, when you lose a staff member that you value, um, all of a sudden you're having a management meeting about, uh, you know, uh, how do we replace that person? What are we looking for? Um, you know, what can we do better in, in hiring uh, the next time? Um, and, 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 and we have these conversations about these weekly meetings between, you know, management staff and then between all staff. Uh, the reason that I do the weekly meetings, um, you know, probably we could do without them in the sense of, you know, I could tell Kent what needs to be done. Kent could tell everybody else what needs to be done. Um, but, but the fact that we all get together and we have conversations is very beneficial. We get to know each other. Uh, we know what other people are doing. We hold them accountable. They hold us accountable. Um, I think there's probably one really important key uh, for me, and and I think that real important key is somebody has to be the adult, is the way I'll put it, and in, in the room. And even if things are getting out of control, I mean, it's so easy, um, you know, to have hurt feelings or feel like someone's not listening to you, and and let it let it escalate and escalate and. As the boss, it's also very easy to go. Well, I'm the boss. That's just the that's the way it's going to be. Um, but I don't think that that creates healthy communication. So when I say someone needs to be the adult, somebody needs to be thinking. Um, you know, this is not going down the right road. We need to we need to shift gears and, and slow things down and uh, uh, try to express ourselves in a different way. That's a more healthy way. Um, so I. You know, in, in answer to Lisa's question, for me, and it's so hard uh, because we didn't communicate well in my house um, as I grew up, and I didn't learn healthy communication strategies. Um, there's a lot of yelling, screaming, fighting, throwing things. Um, it's so hard for me to 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 not get my my feelings hurt, and then uh, and then and then just you know, boom! Here we here we go. Okay, you want to fight? Let's fight. Um, and then I think we also have to consider people's personalities in, in this because different personalities uh, interact differently. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Kevin, do you do you guys have regular meetings um, in, in your business? We we have been having regular meetings uh, in the past month. We haven't really. Uh, we okay. got wrapped up in a bunch of different stuff and got off the pace with it, and we need to get back to that. But we had been having regular meetings. What I realized through that bad event that we had was that it had not necessarily, it, it went from being controlled meetings to kind of more like group chaos where no one was necessarily being the adult to became an unsafe atmosphere where nobody wanted to say something because it, you were afraid to get attacked or whatever for whatever you had to say. And I'm working really hard now to make it a safe environment where we can get back into that. Uh, I'm talking to the front end as a group I talked to the back end as a group. Uh, we need to get back into having entire shop meetings, uh, so yeah. we're together as a as a gelled team rather than individuals that just happen to be in the same building. So you know when we talk about when we talk about communication, I think there's a very necessary uh, or, or a real need for our business to have a communication that is um, regular, so weekly or. Or, or uh, bi-monthly every two weeks. Um, or I don't know if that's bi-weekly or bi-monthly. I can never figure that one it out. It can that's be used either way. It can be used either way. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, and then I think there are there have to be rules around that communication so it is a safe place. Yeah, um, there has to be. 
Yeah. So, like, take our our meetings. Uh, We've gone from uh, different renditions of how we have our meeting format, but even just going into a meeting with a a, a kind of a a nice, this is how we need to take this meeting. Uh, I created this one recently, right? It's just a meeting format of how we want to proceed through our meetings. And in those, there are things like, Either it's because we work on project basis, so it wouldn't be as, as uh, like like a shop would be. But we've got our current project, what the plan or strategy is to accomplish that, what our time timeline or deadline in is, and what the obstacles and needed support is, so that there's an accountability of not only here's the issue that we need to solve, but here's how we're going to resolve that issue, and that's just our weekly meetings. There's other things you can kind of put in place there to navigate that. We've done something else. I think that um, that I think is important, and that is, um, you know, we we talk about why we do what we do uh, in our meetings, and and, yeah. and try to try to um, you know strengthen our culture uh, uh, in our business through our meetings. Um, uh, Kevin, yeah, do you think that that when in a month and you haven't had a meeting, do you think that that's detrimental? I think it is. Uh, I. Th- when we have meetings, uh, Lisa usually puts together a whole agenda of stuff that things are current issues, the same kind of things, projects we're working on, cars that we have in progress, shop goals, short-term and long-term, how we're doing on production and efficiency, uh, how we're doing on the quality of work and all. Uh, so I think not having an accountability factor that happens weekly is definitely causing us to fall off. We seem to have gotten, gotten caught up in the, wow, we're really, really busy, we don't have a time for a meeting right now. Let's have one tomorrow morning. We're really busy. Let's have one tomorrow at noontime. And we've it kind has, of pushed that out. It's got to be like every the same time every single it week. It has right. to be scheduled. And so it, it's just it's like setting that precedent of we meet at this time. It's mandatory. I know you guys might not hate, you know, you might hate that it's mandatory, but it's necessary. And this is why it's necessary. Yeah, I entirely agree. Oh, yep. so Lisa um, uh, made another comment. It's a, we're probably a little further along than that, but it's an interesting comment. Is it safe to say that one might go overboard catering to everyone's individual personalities? I think there has to be a balance between... It, it has to be balanced. Yeah, I think there's a balance between I have to... I, I want to understand you, um, and, um, and uh, I still have to be the boss. So I think somebody has to, you know, at some point go, okay, you know, it's great that you have your personality and I have mine, but we have to come to terms with this, and we have to we have to make a decision that's good for the company. And you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who's in in an author an authoritative position. If you do it right, your company will manage itself. Your your teammates will step in and say, "Hey, we're not on the right track, in line with our culture and what our goals are. Can we get back on track?" And it doesn't have to be the boss or the manager. It could be anyone to say. Hey guys, we need to refocus. We're we're kind of getting off track, and we're getting out of our bounds that we've set for ourselves within our culture. But, but I think that's that's why we have an agenda mm-hmm. is so that we you know we I know we could sit in there for four hours and discuss all kinds of things, but we don't get anything accomplished necessarily. It has to be productive, you know. Right. There has to so, be a, a means to an end. So to my guys' credit, there was a morning on a regular meeting pattern that we were having that Lisa and I had an issue at home and something we had to take care of. And we got into work 8.30ish or so and came into the door and checked in. They're like, yep, we had a great meeting this morning. This is what we went over. We went over this, 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 this. They're like, well, we weren't, you weren't here. So we just went ahead and they knew what the subjects were and what we wanted to deal with. And I greatly applaud them for doing that, which shows their support of the regular meeting pattern. Uh, and I also agree, we find out that you start in one direction and you go two degrees off and two degrees off. And this question brings up that and that brings up this. And next thing you know, you're having a wild discussion that has nothing to do with anything. It's, it's really easy to get way, way off target. So you have to bring things back into their purpose and their meaning. I think some of those things are important. Uh, and maybe there's something that gets brought up that needs to be discussed right now and, 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 and you know, takes precedence over maybe some stuff we had on the agenda. But I think a lot of times those things should be tabled for the next meeting and put in the appropriate place. Right. Uh, so um, I like I like Craig Zales' comment. I don't know if you saw that in the Q Q and A. I haven't seen Craig's. So uh, let me just read it for you. Craig Zales says we used to do front office meeting, then front and back sh- shop meeting. Now we just use a front and back meeting. 
they meet every Monday at seven for 20 minutes. They have a couple like one day bullet points that they go over and they also review last week's sales numbers and stuff, kind of give an attaboy rather than who did what was wrong. They talk about ownership as a reminder that this is their shop uh, and they, sh everyone should own their jobs for the betterment of, of the whole shop. Well said. I think it's a great culture. I mean, you know, um, we've yeah. kind of done that here in our company by having tasks. You know, you, you have this this job to do. How are you doing with your job? And the meeting uh, is a place for the employee to report on that yeah. and say, I'm, I think I'm doing really well and, that, and get the, the feedback that they deserve. That, that was the biggest point of me, th that last section on duties. Uh, what are the obstacles and the support that you need? So if anybody can say, hey, I need you to get me this in order to do my job, that's that's written in there so that they, they can really acknowledge uh, and, and hold other people accountable. Even if those people are in an authoritative, you know, like that's my boss, I still need to get stuff from my boss so that I can do my job. And that gives them the, the power to go, hey, I need it. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think creating those those regular communications and, and giving the both the positive and the negative feedback that needs to be given in a, in a, in a positive way is exceptionally healthy. Now, 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 um, uh, uh, I want to, I don't know that I want to shift, but now, now let's talk. So we have the company, we have our company meeting, uh, and, and whether we do it once a week or once every two weeks, you know, we, we have that meeting. There's a place for everyone to talk. I always say that those meetings are, essential if for no other reason that I think owners need a healthy place to come in and say, Hey, you know, my company is not quite doing what I want. I, I want this a little different. And I think that there's also a, uh, a place, uh, a safe place for the employees to come in and say the same thing, you know, Hey, this isn't going well for me and my job, or maybe they come in and they say, wow, everything's fantastic. Um, and certainly that happens every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we have nothing else to do. Now, what about individual one-on-one -on -one communication? Because for me, I, I I find that harder, not necessarily with the the people that I have kind of at arm's length already. So you know, you have you have your friend, your family, you know, your wife, your husband, your significant other, whatever that is, and then you have you know the the next circle of people. Um, that's maybe your kids and, and your grandparents. And so that you're, kind of thing. you're talking about managing what discourse you're using. And yeah. And then you have, then you have your, your, your staff, the people that work with every day, and then you have other people, you know, um, I find it harder to communicate clearly with my wife, uh, than I do with my staff. I mean, to me, it's so much easier, uh, to communicate with my staff than my wife. And I think it's because I'm always afraid that I'm going to damage our relationship uh, 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 instead of, you know, I don't know. Um, there's, there's, there's more, and, and, and I'm just, there's more structure to it. Right. Because there, there is a very strict um, set rules for that. I am your boss. This is the relationship. It's a lot more defined. Whereas like a personal relationship, like a marriage is, is a bit, different because everybody's relationship is going to be a little different the, each person fills different roles for each other and i think the the ambiguity of that can cause tension especially with our personal relationships and i think maybe that's just my two cents on why i think that maybe that's a little more difficult for you um, sometimes i feel like we're two people on the same journey and we're discussing the road map and do we take the goat trails that the gps puts us on or do we take the highway and sometimes I feel like we're two gladiators fighting over the prize to see who's going to win. I don't even think, I think sometimes, you know, you know, you have that, that the one book, men are from uh, uh, Venus, women are from Mars or vice versa, whatever it is. Women are Venus, men are from Mars. Um, I don't even think we're on the same planet speaking the same language. Uh, totally agree. And, and to me, that's kind of interesting uh, because of the, the experiences that we, we've had with these people uh, kind of along the way. Um, uh, Lisa says, you know, it's due to emotion. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm an emotional guy all the time. Um, but, uh, there's, there's a vulnerability to that. Yep. And it's, I think there's more at risk maybe, right? You feel like it. Yeah. It yeah. Would, yeah. It'd be true. I don't know. But, me, per, me personally, I, and it's gotten me in some trouble, but I, I try to be as, as open and honest as I can and, I, Dad, you know my my history. 
with with some of that and there's a there's a reason i'm as honest as i can be but that honesty has gotten me in trouble in some instances because i just won't and it's not that i'm coming from an aggressive standpoint i'm just trying to be truthful with my perception of things and it can really offend some people i think i think now's a a a decent time to maybe talk about balance um i think there always has to be balance in everything we do and I think that it's easy to become unbalanced when you don't feel heard uh, or you don't feel like you're going to have the kind of success you want, especially where it's as critical as, say, your business. Um, you know, when you're stressed out about money and somebody isn't doing what you want, um, it's easy to get more emotional and more worked up about that. When you're, you know, when you're stressed out uh, uh, with your, with your, your spouse, your significant other, um, and it does, you don't seem to be being heard or, or listened to. It's very easy, uh, and I think I think we have to think about the opposite of that. When you know, it's so easy for me to look at, uh, hey, I'm not being listened to, so I'm going to scream and yell because they'll. Li- I know they'll listen to me if I do that. Um, that always and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe 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 I'd really do alienate everybody, but at least I feel like they at least heard me, right? I mean, you know, bang the gavel. Uh, um, and uh, the, people the best, one of the best tools for this, if there's any kind of, you know, instead of just assuming that you know what they meant, if there's any kind of doubt, you can say, hey, let me see if I heard this right. Is this what you meant by what you said? But I think you almost have to do word. that. You call that active listening, and I think you almost have yeah. to do that. You have to do that all the time. Um, yeah. You know, I think you have to completely repeat. The, the, the times that I get myself in trouble are mainly the times when um, when I'm not active listening, when I when I think I understood what they said, and then I go, you know, I go my way, and, and I really didn't understand what they said, or, or they didn't understand what I said. Uh, it's kind of funny in, in the management aspect. Um, it's been very easy for me in managing people to, when they don't do what I want, my first assumption is they didn't understand me. So obviously I, I, I didn't make myself clear. I, I could, you know, I couldn't have made myself clear, whatever that is. Um, it's harder for me to do that in, in my more personal relationships. Um, uh, we're going to take a, a break here. Kent's going to read us uh, a quick commercial. Oh, oh, am I? Yes, you are, buddy. Okay. <laughs> uh, which one? Either one. Both. All right. We have uh, our enrollment for the Advisor Mastery Program is open right now. Our first start for this group, uh, the date is going to be, what is it, May 4th or 5th? Um, incredible program. If you have any questions or you're curious about it, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about it. We spent eight to nine months developing the program. And so far we've seen incredible results with our advisors. We really wanted to take an approach of accountability and retention for these students. And I mean, some of these guys are killing it. Uh, I mean, like Carly improved her sale rate by 17% in like the first two months. And it's just a kind of a, a nice pat on the back to know that the, they're taking the the program and really working it and killing it. And I'm so proud of you guys, <laughs> those advisors who are listening. Um, the next one, uh, we have a, a sales basics course, which is we took a lot of stuff from the advisor program and put it in here. Um, it's just a two-day course. It's on the 27th to 28th uh, of this month, this month. Yes. Um, yeah, and you can go and register for that at uh, iframe.com forward slash classes. And you can see that on there and click and register. Or you can just give me a call. Or uh, you can email me at kentb at iframe.com. All right, and I will second the uh, uh, the fact. I, I believe we have the, the most powerful uh, service advisor training uh, there is in the industry. Uh, we're certainly seeing unbelievable results from our service advisors. We are filling the next class. We're about half full right now. Uh, if you are interested, uh, give us a call uh, or uh, uh, send us an email, and we'll be happy to go through the bits and pieces with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an amazing program. All right, back to communicating. Uh, okay. We we were just communicating. Um, Can I touch on something? Please. Okay, so going back to what Ken said a little bit earlier, uh, we're all products of our own growing up in environments, which is one of the things that Lisa and I struggle with. Her family's version of communicating is totally different than my family's version of communicating. And I think the same thing happens in the shop. You've got different guys that have 
worked in different shop environments for different style bosses and different things. They've seen great communication. They've seen horrible communication. Some of them have worked in great places. Some of them have worked in horrific hell holes. Mm -hmm. So you have a whole pile of different personalities that you have put together in one area. So to expect to just have very clear communication because you've said something, whether it's in a relationship, like Lisa and I are both remarried, so we carry all the scars of our previous failed relationships with us, which sometimes really inhibit our current relationship. And I find that with employees also is that they've had failed relationships, personal or employer-type relationships, and it it takes a, another level of compassion to really understand them. It's not just like, hey, here's a meeting, here's where I'm going, here's the agenda, because each individual person because of their own backgrounds and what they know may interpret what you said as, a, you know, I heard blue, I saw purple, I don't like plaid. Um, we all hear and interpret different things. So I think as the person attempting to communicate, it's important to understand your audience and understand who you're talking to. And for, I fail at that as well. For our service advisor um, thing, I put together a, a pretty serious uh, set of series of pieces on kind of understanding the people that you're talking to, what's their personalities, understanding body language, and then also uh, how to better communicate. And I think, it, I think depending on who you are, personality, what your family did, uh, you know, there, there's certainly pluses and minuses. And, and I think that if I'm talking to anyone, uh, I don't care who it is, the, the kid who sweeps the floors or, you know, my wife or everything in between, um, I have to take into account who they are if I really want to be heard. Because if I don't, if I don't speak in a way or communicate in a way that they can understand, um, it doesn't matter that I'm I'm talking. Uh, they won't they won't know what I've said. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Having been in the middle of it, yes. Yeah. Um, and some people won't get that because they've just had very similar backgrounds and they're very similar growing up so you may have somebody you see as a problem employee that may just not understand what you're saying it may just be a communication issue just because you're speaking different languages so to speak so yeah. back to lisa, lisa we probably should have invited her on but she says if it doesn't work after you know after you've tried multiple times you know kind of um do, do you need a different approach and i think the answer is Heck yeah. I you mean, may, yeah, you may have to lay it out and say, are we compatible? Are we going to be able to come to a place where we can communicate? Or is this relationship just not going to work itself out? Because we've tried this and this and this. Are there any other options we have? I think you, you kind of owe it, you know, obviously. That's, that's, last, that's, that's worst case scenario. I think you <laughs> right. should, I think you can always find a way. For that Thank you. But you know, you know what I, I mean? Know, it's like, but I think, I think there's a point. Um, as an owner, you know, there's, there, there's a certain sense of, you know, I have only so much energy, time, and money uh, to put into this person. Um, right. And by the way, if my, um, if, you know, if, if one of my employees uh, leaves the company or gets terminated from the company, especially terminated, they're probably not doing what I need. They're probably not working out the way that I need, and that's why I would do that. Um, I think there's a point where you have to say to yourself, I don't think I can make this work. Um, you know, I've tried 16 different ways to communicate this to this person, uh, and they're not able to get it, uh, at least not the way that I can do it. So maybe I try somebody else to communicate with them, but I can tell you uh, from the employer-employee aspect, mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably try somebody else uh, if, I'm, if, if I can't seem to get through. Um, I always have kind of a rule in dealing with um, business, and that's the day that you realize that the employee is not going to do the job or won't do the job. Those are two different things. One, one is not um, because they're not capable of doing the job, understanding you, uh, you know, whatever. And then the second is um, uh, won't do the job, knows what the job is, fully understands what the job is, but just won't do it. Both of those are... are um, reasons for immediate termination uh and i've watched owners put off the conversation until they're ready to blow up blow up um you know uh keep up keep putting up with the same employee over and over again and then they finally get ready to terminate the employee they're going to wait till friday and on thursday afternoon the employee uh you know hurts themselves and then they've got a workers comp claim and, and six months worth of surgeries 
and they're trying to hold the position open. Um, it's one thing to say, I really want to understand you. And I think if you're kind of constantly have that in your, in your mind, and it's another thing to say, I'm willing to put up with, you know, someone who's not going to do what we've discussed and what we've decided uh, to do as a company. Um, do you, uh, uh, Kevin, do you discuss the, the critical uh, numbers and the critical things with your employees? Or is that something you and Lisa discuss, you know, discuss together and make decisions? Um, um, are you sharing that information? She and I go over that stuff pretty frequently and we dig pretty deep into the numbers to really understand it. Uh, but during the meetings, we do discuss with the guys, hey, these, these are the goals that we're trying to meet. These are the expenses and the things that we're encountering all along the way. So I don't, you never want the perception on their side of just like, hey, we're making a bunch of money and we're stuffing it all in our pocket and every dollar that comes through the door, I'm buying a boat, I'm buying a yacht, I'm, I'm going on vacation. They, I think they need to understand that you know, their weekly paycheck is there, but the burden of all the responsibility of the utilities, the insurance, all the overhead of the building, the care of their families, the well-being of, of all of the employees and everything. I think they, you know, we go over the financial responsibilities of that uh, so they understand just how deeply we're invested in them. And they also understand that when there's net profit left over, it isn't just stuff in my pocket. We, for me, hey, we're, you're going off. It's, it's reinvestment and growth absolutely. in the company and yeah. bonuses and... Hey, the new tooling that we're getting, the stuff that we're doing as a group, the, the improvements we're making in the building. Uh, yep. Allow us to make more money in the long run. This is an investment I, yeah. for our future together as a company. Yeah. And I think that's a really, really important point. Uh, you know, we're saying it's our future. They're yeah. involved in the company. And I, I would say that sometimes they have to get what they want, even if it's not necessarily what I want. Uh, mm -hmm. within the company as long as it, it moves the company in the right direction. Yeah, and we try to refer to it's the health of the business. It's not like, look what you did for me. It's look what we're doing for the business because we're all invested in the business because the business takes care of all of our families. Yeah. Right. Or it should. It better. <laughs> Sometimes um, better than others, but yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, I think we have... Go ahead, go ahead, Kevin. No, you go ahead. ahead. I, I think when you have, and I look back in my life in the past, whether it's personal relationships or employees that have gone really south, it's never all one person. It's never just you had a bad employee and you couldn't fix them. You were in a bad relationship and the other person was terrible. I think if you're being honest with yourself, whether it's 5% or 80%, you have to look and go, I got to own my failures. I failed to do whatever it is in that relationship to keep it healthy. If there's a, a did an employee go toxic because you wouldn't listen to their needs and what was going on and you didn't improve a situation that was important to them that might have been trivial to you? Did a relationship fail because you didn't hear the other person's needs? You provided an environment for them to fail rather than providing an environment for them to, to healthily grow? Because I know I'm guilty of that. I've I provided unhealthy environments and realized it was a choice I made. But um, you also have well put... Yeah, but you also you also have to expensive, hard, painful lessons. When 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 an employee has become ruined, whether it's my fault or not, mm -hmm. they're ruined and they can't right. stay in the company. I mean, I, I go into shops all day long, and you got that guy in the back who's just angry at the world. His job yeah. sucks. He's been here twenty five years. He doesn't do his job. He doesn't really put out. He puts out barely enough to survive, and and nobody really wants to go talk to him. And nothing's being done about right. that. Um, you know, I, and then the other thing is, you know, is it my fault that you didn't do your job? Well, if I didn't clearly define it, if there isn't a good job description, you know, if I didn't manage you properly, it's my, it is my fault. And, and I better recognize that so that the next person that comes along, I manage differently. You know, we have yeah. to learn from our mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, so, some I always tell my son, he, cause he gets upset. He's five. He gets upset when he makes mistakes and I go, you don't, you don't need to be upset. Uh, the only thing you do need to do is make sure that you learn something from this mistake. Yeah, do it different it. next time, right? Don't that's, make a, that's the key. I always ask him instead of like, "Oh, you messed this up." It's like, "Hey, what did you learn?" Yeah, good job. Well, you'll you'll probably do a better job than than I did. So that's a that's a very positive thing. Is, isn't that the uh, point? Yeah. Well, you're supposed to. You're gonna mess up in other areas. It's okay. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. So what do you do when you have um, 
when you have conflict with uh, uh, another person in your company, um, let's do it. Um, let's do it in two ways. First of all, uh, what do you do when you have conflict with someone that works for you in a sense that you're their manager in some way or the owner? And then uh, I think that the second way is what do you do in conflict when you have someone that's either equal to you or on the, you know, maybe even above you? Um, how, how, how's best uh, to deal with that conflict? So let's start with um, one of your employees. So, Kevin, how do you think's best to deal with an employee? Uh, in private. Absolutely in private. Um, yeah. Which, okay. which sometimes your emotion doesn't always have you do. But I think being really honest, uh, talk to them in private where feelings aren't going to get hurt. You're not feeling like you're embarrassing them in front of other people. And I, I'm really learning to do this, and I'm finally getting this out there. As I, I talked about, this is what I need from you. This is this is what I'm expecting from you. This is what I need. This is what's acceptable. These are the things that I'm observing and seeing. And how can we change this so that we can get you back to where we need to be? Uh, because the path that we're headed down isn't a good one, and there's not a lot of future in that. Yeah, uh, I think there's I think, also kind of a, a piece around it that says, I know you can do it Yeah, uh, in the conversation. Yeah, I know you're better than this. Um, whether it's comebacks or quality of work or just a poor attitude, it's like, yeah, I, I hired you because you've got incredible talent. You've got great skill. You care about what you do. I haven't seen that in you lately. Is there something we need to discuss? Is there something going on? We need to get back to who you can be, not who you are right now. I think I think there's a really there's an aspect of I need to really pay attention to the person and and when when there's a change, um, you know I need to be aware of it and I need to notice it and then I need to be willing to um, you know go the extra mile with that person yeah. uh, because I don't know what's going on in their life um, you know and in their head necessarily. Uh, for me, you know, I, I, I've had many people that have worked for me that were fantastic, and then one day they weren't. Um, and, and, and almost always, if you have the conversation, and if they're willing, you'll find out what, the, what, the, what happened that yeah. changed that or made that what it was. Um, and if you can deal with that, it's kind of like sales. I mean, you know, if I can deal with the objection of the client and, and do a good job with that, build some rapport, then I'm going to probably make the sale and they're going to like me and my business is going to be successful. I think it's not different with employees yeah. and, and with people that work uh, for us. Um, you, may, you may find that objection that, that they run into has absolutely nothing to do with your work environment or anything to do with you. It could be a completely outside force that you have no knowledge of. Um, we have a, you know, I know someone that has occasional failures and they're totally outside of work, but it, it deeply affects work. Uh, you can. The, oh, yeah, hugely yeah. to the point where it affects the attitude of the team and all, but that requires a, a really strong conversation. You know, you may not totally understand everything that's going on in your personal life that's bringing this about, but you need to understand how this is affecting everyone else. It's not just your personal issue. It becomes all of our issue. It's, but it becomes, it's bringing it into the company. Yeah, it becomes yeah. a dependability issue, a reliability issue. You know, we're all emotionally invested in each other. It's our work family. We all care about each other. So when one person have to. drops out, yeah. we have to care about each other because if we don't, we're in, we're in real trouble, right? For sure. Yeah. For me, for me as a manager, uh, I always see my job is is my job is to serve my employees. My job is to make sure that they have what they need to do their jobs. And uh, talking about you know handling something disciplinary with with an employee, I always try. Again, that's going to be in an, an in-private conversation. It doesn't have to be with everybody, but I acknowledge kind of like you look. You've been, you have been, kind of what you said, Kevin. You've been a, a great performer so far, and I've noticed a change. We haven't seen these things come up. I want to know what's going on here. Uh, what do you think could be the issue? What do you think could fix this and kind of help them come to a conclusion? But I always, and, and one key thing that I always try to do is reaffirm the relationship with them. A lot yeah. of people are worried that, oh, we've been great work buds and we, we work well together. I'm afraid that my performance at work is going to jeopardize that relationship. And honestly, in most cases, that's what the issue is and why they're afraid to talk about it or they won't want to have any kind of conflict resolution is because they're afraid that if they do, it's going to sever that relationship. So I always try to reaffirm that relationship whenever there's any disciplinary needed. Well said. So what, what happens, um, 
I, I mean, I, again, I think I know the answer. I'm just asking the question, and it's not a rhetorical one. What happens when we don't, when we don't have those communications when we need to have those communications? Um, An explosion, or they leave. Yeah, things get toxic. And I think I think it can uh, also bleed. It can also bleed into any other employee or or the culture yeah. of your business. Totally. I think resentment keeps building and building and building until, you On know, parties. there's there's almost a, yeah. a hate that can can happen. You know, they say that, you know, marriages almost always fail because of lack of communication. I would say the businesses almost always fail because of lack of communication, um, at least internal with your with your with your staff. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's easy to keep yourself so busy that you don't have time to pay attention to what your guys are doing. As long as the numbers are up and the production is up, you, you can just keep your head down to the grindstone and forget about them as people and not realize that things are going really bad. Um, Which gives me another another great idea. Um, um, you know, we have automotive shop owners that, that I know how to I know how to fix a car. That's that that is a that's the path of least resistance. That's the easy mm -hmm. thing, right? But how do I fix a person uh, in my company? I mean, you know, um, that is such a, a struggle. I don't know how to do that. Right? <laughs> um, that's difficult. That's well, a loaded that, question. Well, well, there's like a tendency for us not to get involved or to mm -hmm. ignore that because you know if I have two choices, right? Uh, um, uh, let's see. I'm going to go deal with this this employee who's always negative, who who is really struggling. Or I'm going to go fix a car, and and you know I know an, an hour from now that car is going to be fixed, and I'm going to be all like, I fixed that car, yay! But that whole conversation, I might have a conversation, I might have multiple conversations with this employee over time, and never get the satisfaction that I want out of it. Uh, yeah. Frankly, um, mm -hmm. and it's so much harder uh, to do that and to make that shift. Um, I can understand not doing it. Um, as a flat rate it's, guy, it's do you want lot. to do, do you want to do six sets of brakes as a flat rate guy, or do you want to dive deep into that intermittent weird electrical problem that's going to kick your ass and you're going to go home with no pay at the end of the week? Uh, well, I don't know. It it, in my world, it depends on who's right in service and whether or not they get me paid for that electrical job. Um, but no, I, I can understand the brakes or the, let's do the brakes. I know how to do that. Yeah, I can do that in my sleep. Right. Yeah, it's, it's easy and it's profitable. Nobody wants to face the dragon. You know, you don't want to stand in front of something where you're, you yourself are potentially going to emotionally get harmed. But in the, in, in, for for just for another couple of minutes here, does this really mean that I need to do some planning in my business and I need to plan to communicate? Yes. Uh, with, uh, with just people? just wing it. Just wing just, it. Just wing it. Just whatever. Whatever. <laughs> you're mad at an employee. Go out in the bay and and just yell at him. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I I was in a I was in a shop in San Bernardino, and uh, uh, the shop had four bays, and then it had a big driveway, like a thirty foot driveway in, and on the other side there there were like four outdoor bays. And the first time I showed up at this shop, the owner, which was this guy in his sixties, was screaming, and I mean screaming. He was standing in one of the bays, screaming across the driveway at one of the other employees. And and the the vulgarity and the and just the anger and the I mean I thought if that guy had a gun he would have just shot him right you know um, and 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 customers are hearing this in fact I think the neighbors were hearing it too um, you know we just can't we can't do this we we no. have to be civil we have to uh, set the our, precedent you know yeah. that that type of, that type of behavior is unacceptable you can even write that stuff in your policies. And you and you have to you you have to plan for communication. You know you have uh, you have BJ who works work with us here as partners at the institute. Um, you know he meditates uh, I think every day. Um, and, and and I sit in my office and in a way I meditate. I don't do the I don't do this right. I'm not home. I'm I'm thinking about my employees and my business and 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 who do I need to talk to and and what am I going to say um, so that I can help them come to the right conclusions and 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 help them. Uh, get in the right in the right place and get the job done the way the job needs to be done. You got to yeah. have a strategy to find your common ground. True. And uh, one thing I learned from a friend of mine who brought it to my attention, I thought it was really valuable, and I fail at this, and I have to work at it, is when you have an issue with an employee or somebody you work with or whatever, the worst thing you can do is walk around and go, 
God, that person sucks. I can't believe they did this. And, then, and you vent to other people, and it might feel really good to vent to somebody else. But what you've just done is you've just massively destroyed your chances of repairing that relationship, whether it's a work relationship or personal relationship. The bitching and moaning, it never put down whoever it is that you're having an issue with in front of anybody else, especially your work team. Man, I can't believe how bad Bill sucks. I can't believe he did that. He left this loose. He did that. That leaks after he's done. It, it destroys everyone's image and view of that person that may have just made it a simple mistake, but now everyone looks at them like they're a jerk, so their chance of recovery and becoming better just got totally undermined by your five-second feel-good venting rather than taking the opportunity I, to grow. I think, I think there, is, there is a caveat to this, and I think you, you should be able to open up to other people about the struggles you're having. It's just the, the kind of... Co- the tone you're having with it. Cause you're saying, Oh, he screwed this up. He sucks at this. Whereas yeah. if you're like, I'm having trouble with this person and I don't, I don't know if it's this, I'm not sure what I need to do here or why it's being, it's, it's really a struggle for me. And I'm not sure how to approach this. Those are two different ways to be able to talk to someone right. else. Because no sacrificial in, lamb. It, yeah. In one sense, you're trying to work towards how you can come to a common ground and resolve the issue that you're having with the person. In the other sense, you're completely cutting that other person down and creating a bad image, not only for you, but for the person that you're talking about. So the next employee, the next time they have something go, you know, an issue, are they going to say, God, is he going to do it to me next? Am I the next one that's going to get roasted to everybody? Yep. Um, so I think having the self-control, like I said, I struggle with this myself, having the self-control to not make it an issue and a witch hunt and instead just deal with it privately with that individual. I mean, because you don't want your customers hearing that. Why would I bring my car there? Bill sucks. I don't want Bill working on my car. I just heard the boss yelling at him. I just heard him talk to somebody else about how much he sucks. Why would I bring my car there and have that done? But you also don't want your other employees hearing it either because it's going to it's going to break trust for them. And, for and sure. trust is... Is, is essential. If you want to have a relationship with somebody, and by the way, uh, relationship is essential to success in a business, uh, whether it's relationships with customers or relationships with staff, um, yeah, you, you have to consciously think about it and make efforts and build trust. There has to be trust. If Every time you break trust with somebody, it becomes more and more difficult to communicate with them. Sure. Uh, uh, they're not going to listen. Um, they're going to they're gonna be holding back because they're afraid of what you're going to do, whether it's in the meeting with the door shut or after the meeting uh, when you're out, you know, bad-mouthing them to the other employees. Yeah. Um, it's just a bad idea. It's, it's not healthy. Uh, healthy no. communication is, with, between adults, is, you know, I'm upset about something. This is not working well for me. How are we going to fix this? And it may be directed at a person, um, uh, and, and it may also be directed at a problem or an issue, uh, but it's not attacking. You, you have to be, you have to be conscious of what you're doing. And I think you, have, you know, I, when I talk about love in my, in my life, love means that you make what important to the other person important to you. And I would say that some of that actually bleeds into communicating. Uh, I've got to give more than I take out of that. And if I'm, I'm willing to give more than I take, uh, then I'm probably going to succeed. If I'm not willing to give more than I take, then I'm probably going to fail. Right. Are you solution-minded or are you just looking to place blame? Because if you're solution-minded, then that's likely what will happen. I think the other problem is most of us all know what we're supposed to do. We just don't in the moment choose to do it. We don't. We know what's going to come from venting and blowing up and that it feels good in the moment and that afterwards there's damage. But I most of us go for that momentary kaboom i don't think we think about it i don't think we i don't think we consider because if we if we really considered it you know it's kind of like um selling somebody automotive repair they've got a car and they really want to get a new car but they can't afford it you know are they better off going into debt and getting a new car are they better off fixing the car they have well you know if you do the numbers and you you do the math and you look at it they're really better fixing the car they have so you know statistically speaking or whatever you want, evidentiary speaking, um, when somebody, it, it, I win when we communicate better with, with my employees and my employees feel better about themselves and we communicate better with our customers and our customers feel better about their experience with us. Right. Um, I, I never win when we don't communicate. I never win when I blow my top. I never win uh, when we're angry at each other. I never win when we don't have trust. And, and I want to win. 
Um, I want a good relationship with the people around me. I want a good relationship with my customers. I want a good relationship with my employees and the people that are important to me. Um, Agreed. And I, so I have to think about it. All right. Um, coming to the end here, uh, this has been really fun. It's always just fun for me to do these things. Um, communication. Uh, uh, Kent, what would be your what would be your last words on communication? Someone here out there uh, owns a shop, owns a business, they're going to be a manager or something. What advice would you give them about communicating? I would say be patient, be malleable, try to be as understanding as you can. People have lives just as intricate. I think the term is sonder. People have lives that are just as intricate and involved as yours are. And sometimes we forget that. And we don't understand that they've got, maybe they had a bad day or they're having struggles in their life that they don't feel they can talk about. And you should put yourself in the position and also set the precedent with your company and your culture that that's okay to communicate. It's okay to talk about issues because there's a mind of you're safe. We will come to a resolution and we will work past this together. I, I think, I think if you're well invested and they understand you're well invested and you're willing to, to give and take with them, I think you're going to get a lot further along, along yeah. the way. Give, give them your time. Thank Uninterrupted, you. undistracted, give them your time. And I think you have to go in without, in your head, the conclusion already made um, yeah. about it. Because I think, I think we, we have a tendency to come to our own conclusions um, and, and, and guide it that way. Kevin, what would you tell uh, uh, the people as we end this thing? Uh, I would say it's a journey. You're going to make uh -oh, mistakes. Uh-oh, I'm frozen. Uh-oh. <laughs> Go ahead. It, Kevin, what would you say? It, it's a journey. Uh, do your best to communicate with them. Admit your faults. If you show yourself as vulnerable, they are more likely to be vulnerable. You're going to make mistakes. Learn from them and own them. Be solution-minded. Uh, sell your dream. Help people to understand where you're going and why so that when you talk about the issues that are at hand, they understand why you're going in the direction that you're going. So I think people need to know the reason for why you're doing whatever it is, not just like, hey, I don't like this or I don't like that, but more like, hey, we're all on this journey together. Let's all work towards this journey. Uh, use analogies so people understand how you feel because we all feel different ways. And it's really hard to argue, to argue with somebody's feelings. So you can talk about behaviors. Um, but if I say something that hurts Lisa's feelings, I can't argue against her feelings. I can just realize what I did to cause those feelings, and I can work to correct that. So just be solution-minded rather than just <coughs> temporary satisfaction-minded. Look at the big picture. Look at the goals and, and seek resolution and solutions for it. I, see, I think Stephen Covey put it best um, in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and, and it is seek first to understand mm -hmm. and then to be understood. Um, I think sometimes we have to put our own agenda aside uh, in order to communicate and, uh, and try to understand the person that we're talking to. And I think I'm going to add to that in business, I think we often, we probably go too far, meaning that we, we let it go, we let it go, we let it go in the hopes that we're going to change this person. When, when we come to a point where the person has been communicated with many times, um, we believe that we've done our best to to, to coach and communicate them and, and manage them, and they're still not willing to be able to do what we want, there has to be a point where we go, no more. Uh, because it, it's, it sucks. The, it's like a bad client. You get a bad customer in your shop, they're going to suck the life out of you, and you just don't have the energy for the other clients that are good clients. Um, I'd say it's the same. Yeah. Are you going to settle for mediocre? If this person's just going to be mediocre the rest of your life, are you happy with that, or do you want more? Do you want better? And then, want and then, what am I telling the other? What am I telling the other people around me? Because a lot of what we communicate is not what we say verbally; it's it's how we act. And and by the way, if you if you look at the, the institute.com or the uh, the Facebook the Institute page, um, you're going to see a post that I did today that that, that has something to, to do with that and and to say about that. Um, all right, uh, we are uh, we are over time by a minute. Um, uh, you can check out other episodes by going to the instituteleadingedge.podbean.com, or you can find us on iTunes and Spotify by searching The Leading Edge. Uh, look for the gear and the microphone, and uh, you can submit your questions or topics that you'd like to have us discuss with uh, shop owners, other uh, industry leaders, uh, um, and sometimes just the right person. Uh, uh, by uh, submitting those to the institute, excuse me, institute at i 
iforabe.com. That's I-F-O-R-A-B-E.com. Thank you for your time today. And uh, catch us again in two weeks. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, and, uh, and we'll be discussing uh, the next topic, which is uh, envy and obsession. Um, uh, so, uh, and it says, don't focus on the other shop. Uh, thank you again, and uh, have a great uh, uh, week. Bye, all. Thanks, Thanks Kevin. Thank Thanks you so much. Ahead. Appreciate it. Join us next time as we discuss how damaging the grass is greener mentality can be to you and your business. Subscribe at institutesleadingedge.podbean.com so you don't miss out. Or find us on Spotify and iTunes at The Leading Edge. Join the Institute group on Facebook and get advice from other top shop owners as well as our experienced consultants. Brought to you by the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Thanks for listening.